What are the Kentucky Wildcats going to have to do against Tennessee to potentially get a win? They're going to have to slow things down. We talk about Kentucky's matchup with the Tennessee Volunteers on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we've got a conversation with the host of Locked On Vols, Eric Kane, going to be previewing Kentucky's matchup with the Tennessee Volunteers on the road in Knoxville this Saturday. It's going to be a huge game, a game that Kentucky does not have, in my opinion, a great shot to win, and it's not because of the talent. Let me be clear, and we're going to get into this in the episode. It's not because of the talent. It's because of the matchups. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Before we get into our conversation with Eric Kane, want to remind everybody watching both on YouTube and listening on podcast, please subscribe to the show on YouTube. We're trying to get to 2,600 subs. We have surpassed 2,500. It's what we wanted to do before basketball season. We got there. Let's keep it going. If you're listening on podcast, please leave a five-star review. The moment that I see it, I will shout it out on the next episode. Appreciate you guys leaving reviews, liking, commenting, subscribing, all that good stuff. Without further ado, here is our conversation with the host of Locked on Balls, Eric Kane. Lance, it's Tennessee, it's Kentucky. It is a border bowl in a sense. It's the battle of the beer barrel, but of course it's not that any longer. But it's a big-time matchup for Tennessee and Kentucky. In the last couple of years, it's been really critical because Mark Stoops has built Kentucky football into a solid, solid program. I mean, it is a good football team. This year is going to be no different. Tennessee, of course, is having a great season, 7-0. and uh, You got Kentucky that's 5-2, and 2-2 and in SEC play. Um, I've been saying all week, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Lance, I've been saying all week that Tennessee should win this football game if it plays remotely similar football the way it's been playing all year long. But Kentucky will beat you if you go in there and make mistakes and beat yourself. Kentucky still is capable uh, and is good enough to beat a team like Tennessee if Tennessee is going to help them out and beat themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned it. Mark Stoops has elevated this program to a point where they can contend with some of these bigger schools. And a lot of it has to do with the coaching and the scheme. So if you come in here as a Tennessee team and you make mistakes, you turn the ball over, you do things that are stupid. Mark Stoops is going to take advantage of it. And he's going to go out there and he's going to go out there and put a really good product on the field. And he's going to execute in those moments where you don't uh, as well. So I, I definitely think that that is, is something interesting when you, you talk about games like this. It's one of those where you feel like Tennessee, the line is in the double digits. You would like to think that the Vols, considering all the momentum that they have, that they would be able to go out and win this one. But again, you have to be able to maintain what you do without screwing it up, essentially, is what it all comes down to. And so far, you know, Tennessee's proven that they can do that against the best of the best. They went in there against Alabama. Even with just a random fumble late in that game that was returned for a touchdown, they were still able to fight back through that. We can get into matchups 
here in just a little bit, Eric. I think this is a really bad matchup for the Wildcats, but you are absolutely right. You cannot make mistakes, especially considering how sound Kentucky is, I think, schematically. It's what's kind of been keeping them afloat through their mistakes so far this season. So I definitely think whichever team is the first to really start to make mistakes in this game, the other team is going to directly take advantage of it because I think stylistically these two teams are very different the way that they like to play football. Yeah, you can say that again. You've got one of the fastest teams in the nation and statistically the slowest team in offensive pace uh, in terms of tempo in the country. So very much different. But again, as I've said all week, Lance, I mean, that was uh, the, the plan was to slow things down, mi- minimize the game last year for Kentucky, but Tennessee got off and scored touchdowns on his first three offensive plays. And, and I felt like Kentucky just said, all right, well, we're just going to have to try to outscore Tennessee. So last year they adapted and Will Levis had 30 passing attempts before halftime and came up just short. So we'll have to see what, what happens this year. Um, I don't expect that, by the way. I expect Kentucky to play Kentucky's football. Lance, the biggest story for me and, and from, from a Tennessee perspective heading into this football game, obviously Tennessee doesn't, you know, it, it's one of those games where Tennessee doesn't lose to Kentucky. Tennessee won, what, 26 straight from like 85 to 2010. Uh, Kentucky's won three since then. Kentucky broke a streak of losing 17 straight in Knoxville. I think the last time Kentucky won in Knoxville prior to 2020 was like, 1984 so Kentucky again is is broken some of those streaks here of late but for Tennessee you know this is a game to where Tennessee fans say you never lose to Kentucky so obviously that's a big time uh, storyline for for me even though Kentucky's still much much better and 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 really a a power not a powerhouse excuse me a a threat in the SEC East you know with Mark Stoops because that's what Kentucky is obviously um but also it, it is the same for every single week it's the injuries uh, will Tennessee get back Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver this week? I think there's a really good chance that you see Cedric Tillman for the first time in six weeks on Saturday. What about Kamal Haddon at cornerback? What about Christian Charles at cornerback? I like Haddon more than Christian Charles making a return. Uh, what about Brandon Turnage? I think you'll see him again. Jalen McCullough, the ongoing legal issues. We'll have to continue to see, but um, at this point of the recording, I wouldn't anticipate seeing 20 number two out there it used to be 22 number two out there at safety so uh, the injuries are always the biggest thing for me who will be out there who won't be out there but Cedric Tillman might be back out there and if Cedric Tillman's not back out there Lance uh, Tennessee's done a nice job with Jalen Hyatt kind of picking up that slack here of late yeah that's one of the most impressive things to me about the Vols and their run so far this year is in some of the biggest games that they've had they've been able to do it without some of their most important players and that's a sign of a really good football team getting some of those guys back just simply makes y'all stronger really really cool to see what Jalen Hyatt's doing so far I believe 12 touchdowns on the year if I'm not mistaken uh the next closest team collectively Georgia if you just look at what touchdowns are passing touchdowns are on the SEC right now I believe Georgia has 11 if I'm not mistaken and Hyatt has 12 on his own which is just absolutely insane Uh, but yeah they've been able to do it without some of their biggest guys and so that's definitely going to be a concern if they get Cedric Tillman back you know how does Kentucky necessarily handle that from a secondary perspective and uh, I agree as far as what you said earlier as far as what Kentucky wants to do stylistically I think that's going to be a huge huge part of this game how does Kentucky slow the pace down last year like you said they kind of adapted to it as the game kind of progressed but I am right there with you I think that Kentucky's going to still try and implement their brand of football on this game we can get into the running game and maybe how that can break down 
later on in the episode, Eric, but I, I truly do think that Kentucky is going to try and make or make Tennessee work a little bit for their points. And, you know, that's something that Alabama and some of these other big time games or Tennessee's found themselves in. That's something that they've nece not necessarily really had a problem with whenever they've had, you know, not a whole lot of time on their hands. They've been able to score relatively quickly without having much time on the clock at all. You know, scoring 51 against Alabama in, what, 22 minutes of time of possession, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where you look at it and you say, well, I hope that Kentucky can do these things. I hope that they can slow it down, and maybe that will help. But to be honest with you, Eric, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, Bad matchup, in my opinion. I think that Tennessee is just kind of scoring at will, doing different things like that right now. So I think that's the biggest storyline for me is can Kentucky actually maybe impose their will on this Tennessee team a little bit and the way that they like to do things. And to be honest with you, I have a really hard time envisioning that. But like we said at the beginning of the show, mistakes happen. And if those happen, Kentucky will grind this game out. It will be it will be a tough one. What are the key matchups on either side? We will discuss when this Locked On Vols and Locked On Kentucky crossover uh, comes right back. But, hey, I want to tell you real quick about Sweatblock, a, a proud sponsor of the College Channel here on the uh, Locked On Podcast Network. Chris suffered from excessive underarm sweat for 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts that he started tucking maxi pads into his shirt to soak up that sweat until he found Sweatblock. Sweatblock changed the game for him, and it can change the game for you as well. Chris was able to fix his problem with Sweatblock. Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created. It is doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock today, all right? Save 20% with the promo code locked on, and that's at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. Listen, I know a lot of you guys listening and watching right now. I know this is a crossover edition, but here in East Tennessee, it can be 40 degrees and then it can be 72 degrees. Okay. You could be going with sweaters uh, to t shirts. It's, it's the weather's always changing. That means your body is adapting to that weather. And sometimes you're a bigger guy like myself, you're going to be sweating a little bit. If you have that excessive sweating problem or just fearful of that, try Sweatblock today. Again, Locked On is that promo code where you can save 20%. That's at sweatblock.com. You can also check it out on Amazon.com. All right, continuing along here on this crossover edition of the Locked On Kentucky podcast, hanging out here with Eric Kane of the Locked On Vols podcast, going to give some matchups for this game. And like I said, Eric, just a little bit ago, I think that this is just straight up a bad matchup for the Wildcats. When you look position by position, when you break down what players are going to be guarding who, what players are going to be matching up in the trenches against one another, I'm not too confident about the way that this shakes out. So looking at this from my perspective, I have kind of broken this down, not necessarily by a player by player matchup, but I'm kind of looking at units here because I think that it really is important to kind of look at the whole for this specific matchup, the thing I think the biggest thing we talked about it just a minute ago, Kentucky slowing the pace down. How are they going to do that? I think they've got to establish the ground game. Kentucky's rushing attack versus Tennessee's front seven. The Vols so far this season, excellent run defense, not so much in pass defense, which we can talk about a little bit later. But I think getting Chris Rodriguez going in this game is very important for Kentucky, because like we mentioned, Tennessee can score at will. So taking as much time away from them as possible, I think is going to be crucial for the Wildcats because here's how this could play out. Tennessee scoring quickly, right? Consistently so far this year, that's kind of left their defense, not necessarily out to dry, but there's definitely an issue there in terms of energy, I think, as games progress. Uh, I, I think that that's a, that's a fair assessment there. 
if the Wildcats are able to kind of establish what they want to do on the ground, they're able to slow the pace down. They can wear this Tennessee defense out, I think, a little bit easier maybe than some other opponents have been able to so far this season. And Tennessee may keep scoring, keep scoring, keep scoring. But I think if Kentucky is going to win this game, they're going to have to lean on that front seven a little bit. And if they can, I think Kentucky's going to start scoring a little bit as well because I don't necessarily trust this Vols defense to hold up for four full quarters. I mean, they got the win over Alabama, Eric, but gave up 49 points in the process. So I'm just curious to see how does this Kentucky rushing attack affect this matchup? I think it's the biggest thing for me. And uh, again, like I said a few minutes ago, statistically this defense has been sound so far on the ground. So I think that's the big question is can they do it? I'm not sure they can. Yeah, that, that is the biggest matchup in this football game, whether you're looking at it from Kentucky, whether you're looking at it from Tennessee. It is Chris Rodriguez, who missed the first four games of the season, this comeback, rushed, you know, rushed for rushed, golly. That's that East Tennessee accent right there. About 80 yards, 130 yards, and then almost 200 yards. So he is getting back into form and, and what he is and what he was last year. That offensive line is looking better, obviously, run blocking than pass blocking. Not a really good offensive line in terms of giving up 26 sacks. In that regard, but it is Kentucky running the football. It is Tennessee's front seven. Um, there's been a lot of situations where, of course, Tennessee's not great in, in terms of defending the pass, but also it's been, you know, indicated by the type of game you are. Like LSU went to the went to the aerial attack early on because, you know, they were getting blown out. And these blowout games against uh, Mac opponents and against UT Martin, they've thrown the football the entire time, right? So there, there's been less rushing opportunities to defend. But Tennessee stepped up to the plate against Jameer Gibbs. Tennessee stepped up to the plate against Florida, which had four really talented running backs at the time. So, as I said, going into the Alabama game for Tennessee, you think you're a good rush defense. You're about to see how good you are. All right. Is this truly a good rush defense or the set skewed a little bit? Um, because Chris Rodriguez is a good back. So, the Tennessee front seven against the rushing game of uh, of Kentucky or if you want to simplify it a little bit more this is a Jeremy Banks type football game at middle linebacker Jeremy Banks has been playing better I like Jeremy Banks at linebacker against Chris Rodriguez in the backfield one other one I have for you here Lance and I don't know if you have another one but feel free it is going to be your safety whether it be Tyrell I can't say his last time apologies Igen or Jordan Lovett a safety play matchup one-on-one against Jalen Hyatt in the slot Jalen Hyatt has recognized that safety man-to-man coverage or if it's zone and he's splitting quarters over the top or even cover three over the top he's just he's fast enough to split it so Jalen Hyatt getting matched up one-on-one with a safety is going to be a massive massive matchup because so far he torched Alabama safeties I mean he's torched pretty much any other safety he's gone up against this year can Kentucky be any different? That's obviously going to be a big another matchup I would be looking for for Tennessee and Kentucky. That was the second one that I had actually. Hey, Ten- look at that. Tennessee's receiving core, specifically Jalen Hyatt against t- Kentucky secondary, specifically their safeties. You look at Kentucky statistically this season, 14th best uh, in the country in terms of pass defense, but not necessarily, they've not necessarily been tested. I think, by a team of Tennessee's caliber, obviously the best passing attack in the country. Uh, When you look at uh, Jalen Hyatt, you point out something really interesting. No matter what teams have done schematically against him, he has just physically been able to outrun a lot of different coverages. He's just been able to get behind the defense, and he's been able to get open, and he's got a phenomenal quarterback and Hendon Hooker throwing to him. I want to point something out here real quick, and you said this on Twitter the other day. Dude, take, take your lap, brother. Take your lap. Although... 
I did say that I thought Kentucky was a deeper team than a lot of other teams in the SEC East. I said on the Locked on Vols podcast back this summer that I believe that Hinden Hooker would be a Heisman candidate and he would be a Heisman candidate for the entire season. He would make a deep run and I was very, very high on him. Some were not and here we are. It's a very, very real reality that we're living in. I'm, I'm willing to give credit where credit is due. He's a phenomenal quarterback. But to go back to, to, to Jalen Hyatt and schematically what teams have done against him, like I said, it hasn't really mattered. And what I said at the beginning of the show is that I think Brad White, the defensive coordinator for Kentucky, Mark Stoops, I think they've done a phenomenal job schematically kind of holding things together. It leads me to believe, based on what we've seen, that Kentucky's not really going to be able to do a ton to contain this thing fully right now they may be able to slow it down a little bit and that again that goes hand in hand with the rushing attack and stuff like that for Kentucky but I don't think they're going to be able to contain it so I, I think that's that's a huge matchup on the other side of the ball for the Wildcats in this one is how do they perform against Jalen Hyatt nobody's really been able to stop him so far this year do the Wildcats do that I'm not sure you look at the safeties agent love it I, I like agent over love it, but we're just going to have to see what happens there. Speed obviously kills and Hyatt's been able to do a lot of different things for the Vols this season. And I think he's going to be able to do a couple more things <laughs> in this game. I'll just say that those were kind of the matchups that I had for this one, Eric, if you don't have anything else, I, I just want to say one more thing about this. And it's not necessarily a matchup. Does luck at any point factor into this game in your mind because when you talk about you know maybe making mistakes or creating turnovers or, or stuff like that th these types of games between a really really high-ranked opponent and maybe a, a mid-tier top 25 solid team you can kind of see sometimes you know the spread maybe inflate a little bit you see all the momentum leaning Tennessee's way do you think that that there is any opportunity in this game for Tennessee just to maybe come out flat maybe make a couple of mistakes maybe see some luck shifts in in, in Kentucky's favor and maybe make this game a little bit closer than it should be you know uh that's that's a great question that's something I've been waiting on all season long so I mean you just had Tennessee beat Alabama biggest win for the football program in 15 years you store in the field, you tear down the goalpost. You're, I mean, all of us in the media all week long, not looking ahead to UT Martin because we don't care. Looking back at Alabama, looking back at Alabama, I thought against an FCS team, Tennessee would come out and just look like dog shit for the first quarter. I did. I honestly did. And, of course, Tennessee was good enough to rebound and go win that football game, but Tennessee didn't. It came out guns blazing. Um, and, and uh, you know, Tennessee really has only faced adversity a couple of times, like true, like, you know, sustaining adversity during the Pittsburgh game and was able to climb out of it and find a way to get out of it. So I've just been really impressed with the maturity and the leadership uh, in that locker room this year. Like guys like Hendon Hooker, Latrell Bumpus, Prince and Fance, Cedric Tillman. I mean, th these guys, I mean, I know Hendon wasn't here, but they've been through a lot. A lot of these, a couple of those guys I mentioned are six-year players. And that's another reason why I think Tennessee is so good. The maturity and the level-headedness of this team overall I think it's been really, really good. So I waited on it last week. I waited on it a couple other times, like, you know, big win against Florida. What, what are they going to look like on the planes at 11 a.m.? Or not the planes, uh, uh, on the bayou at 11 a.m. the next week. Came out and torched LSU. So it's, um, you know, there's a chance, obviously, but I haven't seen that from Tennessee yet at all this year. And I think it's a credit to that leadership in the locker room. Man, that Pittsburgh game feels like decades ago at this it point, does. doesn't it? It feels like such a long time ago. I remember watching that game and thinking, oh, well, Tennessee is a little bit vulnerable. Maybe they aren't going to be able to maybe, you know, 
rise above what they were last season. And here we are now, just a completely different football team, wow. uh, it looks like. Well, we've got some final thoughts here coming up in just a second. Going to give our score predictions, give our thoughts on this game. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. They are your number one source for betting college football and the start of basketball season. Basketball, obviously important to both of these podcasts here. Two really solid teams. One of them, I think, is a little bit better than the, than the other, but that's just my my opinion. Uh, you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcast, and in-depth analysis on every single game. Got a line here for you for the Tennessee-Kentucky game coming up this Saturday. As of right now, Bet Online has this game at 12.5 in favor of the Vols. Eric, is that line, is that fair? Is that where it should be sitting? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, uh, depending on what Tennessee's done offensively and what Kentucky has struggled a little bit offensively to score a lot of points in, in football games. So I think that's fair. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if Tennessee can cover, but I do believe that is fair. Just a, a hair under two touchdowns. You can head over to betonline.net to check that line out. You can also check out some other things. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing and golf again head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and the action that's been online where the game starts locked on balls locked on kentucky a locked on podcast network crossover edition i'm eric kane that man right there is lance dog give lance a follow if you want uh, from a Vols perspective, if you want continual pregame coverage of the Kentucky Wildcats, give him a follow on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore and check out his podcast, uh, Locked on Kentucky. Same for Kentucky as well. You want more insight on the volunteers? Uh, you want to know more about your team leading up to kickoff? Game's not until 7 o'clock on Saturday, so check out both of our podcasts and uh, watch it on YouTube as well. Can't thank you guys enough there. All right, Lance, time for it. Score predictions. You just mentioned on our Bet Online read, Tennessee, a 12.5-point favorite Right now, um, kind of where do you see this game final score prediction and, and how do you get there? I, I think that Tennessee, it, it's very important for Tennessee to not be allowed to get out to a hot start. I think when you look at the Wildcats so far this season, it has not mattered who the opponent is. It was even a, an issue against Youngstown State. Kentucky has had a terrible time so far this season getting out to hot starts. They've been a slow first half team. If Tennessee is able to throw a couple of punches early, Kentucky can certainly adjust, but it is going to be a hole that I don't think they have necessarily had to climb out of against a team of this caliber yet this season. So I think it's imperative that Tennessee is not allowed to put up 14 on the board in the first quarter. I think that's very important that, that Kentucky gets a couple of stops. I don't think they do that. I'm not necessarily projecting this to be a blowout, but again, like I mentioned, Tennessee's rush defense statistically has been sound so far. Like you mentioned, even against a team like Alabama, they were able to hold Jameer Gibbs at certain points in that game. I think that tells, I think that speaks volumes as to what they could potentially do against, I think arguably maybe a slightly weaker offensive line uh, in Kentucky's Jeremy Flax, the right tackle is coming back in this game. So I think it's going to be big for the Wildcats and what they want to do on the ground. But overall, I just don't like the way that Kentucky matches up on offense and on defense uh, in this matchup against the Volunteers. It's a road game. It's going to be tough, really, really difficult environment. I like Will Levis. I like what he is as a potential pro prospect, but you see every now and again what he does whenever he is under pressure, and it's he, he just makes mistakes. He creates turnovers. And so I'm, I think that's definitely a concern in this game. Like I mentioned, though, 
Kentucky is a solid second half team. They have been able to adjust in the past. And so I think that is going to keep this game closer than what it could potentially be. I'm going 38-24 in favor of the volunteers in this one. And I, I think that Tennessee has the ability to score more. Um, and I definitely think that Kentucky has the ability to maybe wear down this team as this game goes on and maybe make this a little closer than some people might expect. But again, I think that Kentucky not being able to get off to even decent starts, uh, I think at points this season against bigger com competition, it's going to rear its head again in this game. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. And Tennessee gets off to really good starts and it has so far this year. It did last year at points and times, and it was always that second quarter to where Tennessee would kind of go into a lull offensively. Now, so far, that's not really been the case this year, and that that's it's so it's been it's been really fun to watch. Um, Alabama's defense was not as good as it has been under Nick Saban, but still, I mean, it was the number one defense in the SEC coming into that game, number one against the pass, Will Anderson Jr., all that type of stuff. And I mean, Tennessee just beat the crap out of him, man. I mean, it was it, it was it was it was interesting to watch to see just kind of how far the Tennessee football team has come. I think the, I think Kentucky's defense is really solid. I think the middle layer of that of that defense and you know Jacquez Jones and obviously you've got DeAndre Square. I think they're really good players. I think they're pretty decent off the edge and right and and JJ Weaver. Um, I, I think this is a solid defense. But so far through everything I've seen from the Tennessee offense and quarterback Hendon Hooker this year, nothing slowed him down. Right, and, and I know it's not going to be perfect every single game, and I know eventually somebody will figure something out and and and, and it won't it won't be like a walkthrough every game here, you know? Um, but I just, I don't know if it'll be this Saturday. I don't think Tennessee will score 50, but I, I, I think Tennessee can score 40. I got Tennessee in this game 40 um, and I got Kentucky about 28. Uh, Kentucky's good enough to score on Tennessee's defense 100%, but slowing the game down, there's going to be less possessions. That's going to be key too for both teams. Obviously Kentucky's used to that because of the pace of play, but for Tennessee as well, you can afford to go three and out. You can't afford to turn the football over, right? Um, there's going to be less possessions, probably two or three less possessions in this football game than normal, less plays. So you got to make the most of it. But I like Tennessee about 40. I like Kentucky somewhere around 28. Uh, again, I'll continue to go back to what I said. I think Tennessee should win this game because I think Tennessee's playing much better. But if Tennessee comes in and beats themselves with penalties and turnovers, which it hasn't to this point, Kentucky's certainly a good enough football team that's it will, it can't beat you, but you and I both have Tennessee winning by, you know, somewhere around, you know, 12 to 16 points or so. Um, where does Kentucky, you know, overall so far this season, what have you thought about the Wildcats? I know getting Levis back was very critical, um, but is he even a hundred percent right now? Uh, I think he's close to a hundred percent. And that's something that we didn't even discuss when talking about matchups with this yeah. game is that, that, you know, Will Levis's health, I think is also something you have to pay attention to in this game. I think he's going to be able to play, play the entire game. Don't get me wrong, but he is not sitting, I think at a hundred percent right now, but he, he, he'll, he'll fight through it. He's a tough guy, really competitive guy. So he'll be able to go out there and play. And, and honestly him sitting at what, 90, 85% is probably better than what Kentucky has sitting on the bench right now. So I would take that. I'm very, very comfortable with that. Uh, the final thing I would say here, Eric, you know, just talking about how these teams are stylistically just so different from each other. You know, you look at Alabama, and I keep going back to that Alabama game. You look at the way that Alabama made Tennessee pay whenever they made mistakes. I think Kentucky is capable 
of executing whenever the opposition makes mistakes, but they do it in such a different way. I'm curious to see how Tennessee handles that because like you said, turnovers, penalties have not been a huge problem this season, but the way that Kentucky goes about executing off of those different things, I think is different than what Tennessee has seen this season. So I'm not going to sit here and just say it's all doom and gloom. Don't get me wrong. Kentucky has a chance to win this game. As it's, a, it's a reason why the, the line hasn't ballooned to, to 21 plus. But like we've said, the Vols should win this one. I think it's a, it's it's not a favorable matchup. They have not been poor in terms of you know mistakes so far this season. So I think it's a Volunteers win. And you know, looking at Kentucky's season so far, I think the biggest shock to me to kind of give you an answer to what you asked a minute ago is the offensive line. I mean, pass protection has just been abysmal so far this season. And it was not something I was expecting coming into the year. I mean, we got a couple transfers that I was excited about. The left side of our line is something that I was really excited about with five-star Keonta Goodwin coming in. He did not progress through camp as strongly as I thought he would. And he is currently right now sitting at second uh, in the depth chart at left tackle. So I think he may at some point this this season. I'm going to continue to say that. He's going to get his, his moments. Uh, to see if he can actually go out there and execute. But yeah, the offensive line has kind of hindered this team's ability to do a whole lot. And then also, you talk about this team being sound and being able to actually go out there and execute from a schematic standpoint and being being well coached. They've had some really weird problems on special teams so far this season. And so you talk about slow starts. I mean, you look at Kentucky's first half drive charts, and it's almost the same tune every single week. It'll be a missed field goal. It'll be a fumble. It will be a field goal just randomly in there as well. And it's just going to be, it's just, it's just not consistent uh, on special teams. You've also seen blocked punts. You've seen muff punts. Uh, you've seen just a lot of different wild things from that unit. So, yeah, I, I think that there were a lot of promising things said about this team heading into the season that have kind of been done away with because Kentucky has shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. And I keep going back to that Ole Miss game in my mind, thinking, man, if we had won that game, what would this team look like now and what would their aspirations be? You do have Barry and Brown, though. What an exciting freshman there at receiver and in the return game. He is a Middle Tennessee native. Yeah, man, dude, I'll tell you what. If we're going to talk about positive for the Wildcats, the receiving core, Dane Key and Barry and Brown, they are going to be very special players for the future of this program. Well, Tennessee and Kentucky, it's coming up on Saturday, 7 o'clock on ESPN. It's the long-standing rivalry in the Southeastern Conference, the battle for the beer barrel. Not anymore, but to fans, that's what this game is, and it'll be another rendition of the Wildcats and the Volunteers in Knoxville coming up Saturday at 7 o'clock. Hey, continual coverage from Locked On Podcast, uh, Locked On Balls, Locked On uh, Kentucky, Lance Daw, Eric Kane. If you're a Wildcats fan, if you're a Vol fan, you want any more information before kickoff, check out our shows. Uh, we both spend a lot of time, detail work. Lance is one of the best in the network and doing uh, doing his homework and getting on there and and coming to the coming to the yard ready to play, right? Uh, so, you know, we, we both take our time, put on some good shows. So if you're listening, you want more information, check out our shows. That's Locked On Vols and Locked On Kentucky. Lance, appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll see how Saturday goes. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, man. All right, that was our conversation with the host of Locked On Vols, Eric Kane. Really appreciate Eric having that chat about this game. 38-24 is the score that I have for this one. If you disagree with that, if you think Kentucky's going to win, if you think Tennessee's going to win by more or less, whatever you may think, 
Leave your score prediction in the comments below. I want to see what you have to say about this matchup. Really appreciate you guys listening. Once again, please subscribe to the show. It would mean a ton as we get into basketball season here. Going to have a lot more content tomorrow. We've got Jason Jordan, Director of Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. Going to be talking about a couple of 2024 kids Kentucky has their eye on. Also going to be continuing our player preview series. We're about halfway through that. Going to get a few more in before the exhibition games for the Wildcats next week. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is one of the best teams in the country. We will continue to discuss that before the season tips off next week. Again, subscribe, rate, review, do all those different things. Really appreciate you guys. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show over on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.